inconsistent podcast in the entire <laughs> world. Yeah, I want to apologize, but also, like, but also I want to like, own it. But also, like, sorry, can't yeah. do anything about it. <laughs> We're creating curriculum and videos and movies and <sighs> things know. like that for you. Yeah, so much is, is going on in our lives that I just, I can't, this is, it's so hard to get here. And then today. Yeah. Literally hard to get here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also teach my students, um to do things that they love and do them the way that they want to do. And, you know, like we've talked about it before, instead of saying we're busy, it's like, what's a priority? And like this week, the podcast is a priority. And next week, it's Which filming is, videos. Exactly. And Which is why it was so help. hard to show up. Yeah. So we are here. We are at our studio, but our other, like the other studio mm-hmm. of our studio. Um, and I like it. We're in a cozy room and we have a really special guest today. We can't see Rich, though. And that's. I know. Rich is here. Yeah. Our sound engineer is here, but he is not seen yet but he'll he'll pop in at the very end to give his his two cents, his two cents. <laughs> <laughs> but we're here with um samantha hyle hyle i always want to say hale I knew that was I, yeah hale hell you know it all works samantha hale uh hyle hey, <laughs> <laughs> with an extra <laughs> you're the founder creator extraordinaire of native nest that's correct right can you tell us kind of what Native Nest is, how you found it, and then we'll kind of lead into how you got into the salon. and Why they need to hear from you. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, so I started my company back in 2013 and uh, was originally based out of Richmond, Virginia. Just moved to New York back in February to expand my reach a little bit. Um, and I, uh, I guess, originally started um, working uh, in residential interior design and had a lot of friends in the hair industry in Richmond and designed one salon for a friend. And my name started getting passed around. And it just kind of like, I guess, was a big like, I don't know, uh, became like, how do you, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, became, snowballed? Yes. Yeah, snowballed. Yeah. snowballed. Thank you. Up. You went viral. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> I went viral. And uh, people just, yeah, kept hiring me to design their salons. And there were a lot of things that I noticed that were kind of missing in the industry and um, things that I wanted to change and customize and um, really hone in on uh, that you guys needed. Yeah. I think... One of the biggest things, when I think of interior design, if I own a business or if I have a home or anything, my first thought is that's going to be expensive. Yeah. Like, my first thought is like, oh, I can't afford that. Yeah. So I'm just going to go to Ikea. I really like that, <laughs> you know, we teach our students to specialize in what you're really good at. And sure. you you took, like, a whole industry where you could have gone in so many different avenues and instead you were like, I'm going to design salons. And I love that. And especially not being a hairdresser, but being in love with the craft and obviously your hair. It you you honed in on that and ended up helping friends and all of these people in the process, which is really cool. Well, and I think it ended up um, working pretty well because they're very parallel industries. They're both creative, but there's also this really big need to have a clean, clear, functional space because when you guys are working throughout the day, you kind of um, almost get into like this rhythm. And if you have all of these things impeding that rhythm, whether it's like a cabinet that doesn't 
open in the right direction mm-hmm. or is like, you well, know, a drawer that that's jammed or, you know, you open a drawer and it's full of scissors and other tools and you're like, you know, scrambling to find the right tool. And you guys really have your timing down to a science when you're rotating clients in and out throughout the day. So I guess the approach that I was trying to take was to make uh, more intuitive spaces where it almost becomes second nature to grab a tool because it's in the place that it needs to be and you're not you don't have all of these um, interceptions and distractions in your mind throughout the day you can focus on the task at hand and be there for your client and be present in that moment I think I I always go into salons especially like very old school salons Mm -hmm. and they're like gaudy and clunky and there's you know things in the way and there's this gold everywhere I'm not a fan Sid and I are both not a fan of having front desks in salons like you walk into the salon and boom hit by a front desk it like impedes the and they're space. usually like right. texting or eating or ignoring yeah like it, when it's like a very brief interaction mm-hmm. yeah and you're creating it creates a it's impediment desk, yeah <laughs> it, it's not, it doesn't allow for like um flow in the salon sure as much as people think it does because if you think about the front desk it's a where all the stylists have issues all the stylists are always mad at the front desk yeah. they never do anything right every i always <laughs> sorry front my desk front people. desk yeah like. but also to think that it helps, it's like all it does is create a line yeah. of, of people waiting to cash out. But having spaces that are, like you said, more intuitive, it's kind of like when you have an app. When you go, when you open an app, in, the intuitive part of it is that I just, you automatically know how to use it. Mm-hmm. And I think thinking about that and designing a space or having a salon is genius. To be seamless for yes. everybody too is really cool. Yes. I almost, um, the way that I started viewing it was... Um, because I'm a huge fan of Apple products because I work in a creative industry. Mm-hmm. And no, this is not an ad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, kind of thinking uh, along those lines is how they've um, streamlined their product line and how you, um, you know, when you're getting used to using a new phone or um, a new computer, um, there's something a lot more intuitive about those products. And the way that I was thinking about it was just like, okay, I want to translate this over into a three dimensional space salons being that because there's so much motion much like you know even the restaurant industry where there's so much motion and there's a rhythm and a flow and that has to continue throughout the day yeah it's it's interesting to see kind of how design has changed in salons i think there was a time when we had ginormous chandeliers and we had big marble countertops that took up very gaudy yeah very gaudy but it it it, at the time, it represented, like, class and yeah. high end. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was the thing. People were really striving to be that, even if they weren't. So they would create a space that that looked like that. What right. do you think is the What's the trend? Now? Yeah, the, the new happening? direction, yeah. almost. Um, from what I've seen, I think a lot of people are, um, I, I guess a lot of salon owners are going more in the direction of kind of, I don't want to say more like a a geometric kind of simplified forms, but that's pretty much what it is. I would say more simplified forms with a heavy focus on lighting and ambient lighting at that. Nothing to um, direct. It's um, kind of, I guess, the idea is to kind of create a halo around the face Mm -hmm. is what I'm seeing a lot, um, where you don't have these harsh lights anymore. And a lot more people are playing around with LEDs, myself included. Um, because it's going to give you the most accurate lighting when you're trying to view color. Yeah, especially if you don't have a lot of natural light in the space. Yes. Because sometimes that's not controlled. And that's... 
we had a photographer on one time, and he said that one of the biggest issues is two different types of lighting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That a lot of spaces have like a giant window mm-hmm. with natural light, and then they put in another light that doesn't work with that, right. and then it creates a strange effect. Well, it's not, yeah, it, there's no sense of balance. They're kind of interrupting each other. In right. the studio that um, we work we work at, Hair Story Studio, and um, <laughs> I literally turn the lights off when I'm there during the day mm-hmm. because there's so much beautiful natural light that I can see enough to do what I'm doing, but then when I take images and stuff like that, it's gorgeous. Uh-huh. So. I think it, the ambient effect is interesting, too, with lighting because I feel that there's a belief that there ha- Lighting's always been an issue in salons. Yes. And everyone has a very specific... It depends on the stylist, too, yeah. from what I've seen. And... Some people want a bright, bright, bright room mm-hmm. to show every single detail. And I'm a fan of ambient light. Just mm-hmm. even in the studio we're in right now, it's very ambient light. I like that. And I think that you can still see color Yes, in those situations. But, but I think it's there's... softer. Yeah. And I think people believe that you can't. Yes. So are you seeing more ambient lights being used? More ambient. And um, the key to, and this is a good, like, takeaway for uh, stylists out there, but um, also to have lighting that is on dimmers, ambient lighting on a dimmer so that you can adjust it to your preference. Um, And I know that from, you know, it it was definitely when I started working in salons. um, I've always been really interested in lighting, but it was a period of, like, trial and error. And thank goodness I had some really great friends that would give me very useful feedback as far as what stylists are looking for. Um, So there's that, I guess, yeah, kind of uh, trial and error period where I figured out that dimmers were the way to go because, again, you can fine-tune it to what works for you. Right. And I've even um, worked on a salon recently um, this past year that had no windows in it whatsoever. And we needed to create the effect of daylight. Um, which we did with LEDs on dimmers and wow. just very strategic placement and figuring out uh, really the cool. different heights of the lights and what was going to work to, again, like frame the face the best. No joke. Those wintertime, what are they called? Like the happy lights? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Like Seasonal depression My girlfriend had issues. those in her practice and I would just sit in front of it in the middle of winter. Like, <laughs> come, growing up in Florida, I was just like, please just kind of like those rock salt lamps. I cannot stand the winter when like it's been, I haven't seen the sun in a couple of days and I'm starting to panic. I'm like, do I need to book a trip? Do I need to get out of Dodge? Or and do I'm, I need to sit in front of a light? Yeah. I'm the opposite. I love, I love dark rooms like dark weather like rainy weather. I literally texted you this morning I was like what is this weather it's raining all day and he was like I love it and I, was like, <laughs> I can kind of gather that yeah. from your personality yeah. after getting Pisces to know Aries, you Pisces Aries yeah <laughs> and then I'm the freakish Capricorn in the middle oh, good. <laughs> yes, the business you're like I'm different <laughs> yeah. the business driven artist like that oh, um, power hungry no big deal <laughs> <laughs> um I think I know I I think I know that our listeners are really curious about the price tag when it comes to things like this. And I'm sure it's difficult to kind of give that because different spaces require different things. But let's just think someone has, let's say we're in a room like this and Mm -hmm. you've done suites. Yes. Which this room is probably seven by seven. I don't know what that means. Do you probably, you probably actually know how big this room is. I would say, yeah. Oh, probably job, pretty close it. to that. I, maybe <laughs> a little bit less. Maybe just two. I would say, yeah, because my wingspan. Okay, I would say about five by seven. My girlfriend's six foot tall, so I base things off of that. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, she could, two of her could fit in here. Yeah. <laughs> Points of reference, you know? So I think I think this is like a smaller end suite space. But yeah. around that, around the suite world, what is like the price 
what are the price tags that people are looking at? If there if someone's like, I really want to hire somebody to redo my space, but I don't have a ton of money, what is that going to look like? Sure. Um, well, I think the most interesting part about this industry is that you can scale it to your preference. Mm-hmm. So basically, if somebody comes to me, they I initially ask them, okay, what's your budget? What are you trying to stay within? And we kind of go from there. So we scale the job based on the client and right. what they're trying to do. Um, and that can be, to give you an example, so say they want to go um, all Ikea products. Mm-hmm. That's how you can scale it back and make it more so, like, um, say it's your first salon. That's something that I would start to work with initially. And then if they want to plan to upgrade things at some point, then they have the ability to do it. So you're long-term working with them. Absolutely, and yes. you And you can make things look beautiful with less more cost effective 100% materials. Yes, and it's about being smart again because it doesn't cost a lot to have really good lighting. Right. LED. But I think people think that it does. Yeah. I would assume that it does. And I think too especially when I was younger in my 20s to have a fitness instructor, to have a an accountant, to have an interior decorator, to have a business coach. Those were mm-hmm. all Luxuries. They were luxuries and they were things that like you had to have a lot of money to have those things. Sure. And now, you know, we have a company that's affordable to most of our industry. Mm-hmm. And I think especially as millennials, we're creating businesses that are affordable to other millennials and other generations below us and above that um, everybody can have these things and we can all have the same uh, kind of ideas of success without being limited to, oh, we have to have this much money. It's like whether you have this much money or a ton, right. you could still have the same things. Sure. Have you seen people spend more on salons nowadays? Uh, yes. Increasingly, yeah. yes. Because it's become such, um, I guess, such a popular industry and something that people have really invested their money in into their stylists um, that, yeah, I think the price tag is increasing on and the scale of these jobs is increasing for me. Um, but at the same time, I can still go back and do these smaller studio spaces because everyone still needs that beautiful functional space right. to work in. And that's, again, going back to scaling the project based on the client. Have you ever worked with a client that you just completely hated the idea, but you went through with it anyway? Yes. Yes. That well, she all- said that so like <sighs> heartbreaking. <laughs> <laughs> can you yeah. give us an example without giving away? I can, but I tell just us hope a horror they don't story. To the podcast. God. Oh. Um, also, you don't have to, but I. Right. You can I'll just the names you know. And yeah. You can change the material. Yeah. <laughs> what you know? You can throw them off for a loop. Oh God. Okay. Um. Well, this was very early on in my career, and um, and it, I I was taking on any job. I wouldn't say no to any job. Like when and, you do hair, and you just start. Yeah, like, I'll yeah. do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we have told some horror stories. Really bad hair because that's yeah. what they wanted. And it drains you emotionally and you just, yeah, it's too much. Right. Um, we all have PTSD from it. Yeah, a little. I think my head started twitching when you asked me that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, this was early on in my career. I wasn't saying no to any anyone at that point, which I absolutely do now if I don't think it is a job that aligns with me and, um, and what I'm trying to give the client. So this was... Um, yeah, I guess probably back in 2013, 2014. Um, and uh, still kind of like one of my like, I don't know, this was probably like the third salon I had worked on. And it was it was 
too much input from too many stylists and not dealing with one person directly. So well, that's it was a salon like, problem that we've. That's yeah. a salon so symptom. the leader. It's wasn't a salon leading. symptom. Yes, yeah. the le- Yes, and that that was the biggest issue was that um, there's there's almost. And I'm all for having input, but at the same time, the way that um, design works, just as far as like me trying to like educate anybody that doesn't know how the process works. um, But when you make uh, a lot, you know, I would say a lot of changes to um, a design that you've kind of honed in on, then there are drawings that have to be updated, contractors that have to be re-coordinated. It basically just starts adding up costs when you make repeated changes. It's a waste of money it's a waste of money and it's a waste of time and um and it's not putting trust into your designer to know that hey they are making the absolute best decisions for me and that's why I hired them and it's the same with a hairstylist when somebody comes to you and doesn't really let you give your professional input or opinion or even listen to it. Yeah. yeah. And um, they dictate the result yes. and then they're upset. Yes. Is that um, what happened? Like I did what you said because you um, scared the shit out of they me. They weren't upset. <laughs> no, they weren't upset, but they basically ended up, I gave them the design and it was tweaked a good amount over time yeah. uh, to a point where I was just like, I don't want my name attached to it. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Which is fine. Um, it's fine. You know, <laughs> you just, you, you just, you move on um, and you get really cool clients and really great projects after that. Right. I got it was the beauty of it was that, you know, I got my name out there. Everyone was still happy at the end of the day. Was this one of your first, this was your first one? No, this was, I think my third. Okay. Um, but first kind of like full blown. Yeah. yeah. Um, but again, yeah. You move on. You get good clients. You learn from you, it. You learn that from whole, it. You get exposure. It's so funny. A lot of the problems that she's mentioning are salon problems. Oh, too. yeah. We like go through the same getting thing. Getting input from the entire... That's one of the things that we... When we work with our leaders, leadership always gets... <laughs> we're huge on helping them make changes. And then we hear from them, well, I asked my team about it, and they don't want to do it. I'm like... It's I your business. You're yes. the one that takes the risk. Yes. This we don't care what your team wants. And I'm all for a democracy. <laughs> However, and also hiring a trust team the that's professional. on the, the same vision as you. So it's a whole different thing. Yes. So one thing I, I, I tell my students all the time when we're talking about space, whether they're in their own suite or in their own salon, is I, I try to get them to create some sort of space, whether it's the whole space or a corner, that I call it Instagrammable. Yes. And I, so it's very much like, you know, one of my students has like neon lights in her space, but her all of her clients take pictures in front of it. Uh-huh. And, you know, it, so that kind of vibe. Do you have suggestions on a yes. they need to hire you because <laughs> that's the best suggestion? <laughs> but b what people could start doing to start thinking of their space differently or create a different atmosphere yeah. to attract absolutely. Well, I think um, when I, when I initially meet with clients anyway, um, well, hairstylists that. Um, there's you kind of feel out their personalities and bring that into the space a little bit um, because, again, that's a place that you're spending a majority of your time and more so sometimes depending on the stylist schedule more so than the time that they spend at home. Yeah. Um, so I think it's always good to bring out a little piece of yourself um, to make that space distinct from everybody else's. Um, and just to give you an example, a salon that I designed recently um, 
we uh, he really wanted a neon light in there. Um, it's a thing right now. It's a thing, and he wanted initially wanted text, and then um, I went to this <laughs> this neon dealer. This was in um, my hometown where I'm from, Richmond, Virginia. Um, and I went to this neon dealer, and he's like the last one standing <laughs> in <laughs> Richmond, Virginia. Um, and it was incredible. It was just thousands of neon lights buried in this old shop, and I came across a neon light of a cobra. Whoa. Yeah. And um, the uh, the client that I was working with at the time, he's younger and very, um, uh, how do I describe it? He's just, he's just cool. Mm-hmm. He's very edgy and um, just fun. And I saw this glowing cobra and sent him a picture of it. And I was like, we need to do this. And you need to just <laughs> scrap this other idea. Yeah. I'm getting this cobra. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And and they're actually very delicate to transport as oh, well. Yeah. So it and was like, I'm sure you it was a whole thing where like, don't break the cobra. <laughs> um, and my assistant's freaking out because she I made her transport this cobra. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that I think is like, uh, you know, bringing in little elements that uh, of interest and intrigue um, where somebody walks in and they are just um, kind of like transfixed by it a little bit. It kind of draws them in because I know once we put this on the wall, it's um, kind of like a glass uh, studio front. And once we hung that thing on the wall and lit it up, people were walking by and and interested in it and instantly wanted to come into that space. Yeah. What do you think about wallpaper? Like the other uh, so that's the other in. thing I There's wanted to cool mention too. Yeah. Yes. Um, so uh, this is uh, same studio with the Cobra. Um, uh, we ended up uh, using this stuff called Tem Paper, mm-hmm. and again, this is another little takeaway for stylists looking to freshen up their space. Uh, it's called Tem Paper, and it is a temporary wallpaper. <gasps> so it's literally a. Pe- it's not like it's old called- school. I remember my mom. Yeah. Like I'm sure all paper? of our moms. Yeah. No. There's it's no. Tem paper, T E M P A P E R. Tem paper. Back in the nineties, you literally had to get like a sponge and yeah. water, mm-hmm. and getting it off was such a bitch. Yeah, so I like this. My one. mom was a no, like wallpaper. Mine like too, that. and it was yeah. like she that loved it. country with like the cats on. Yeah, it. and that's you, like, an art. You dipped it in yeah. the thing, yeah. and then you had to like scrape. Oh, it. and there would always be a bubble, and your mom oh would get gosh. so upset. Yep. Yep. It's so funny. Okay, so um, tell us back, y'all. <laughs> it's always but been be- back. <laughs> it's been back, but yeah, um, a lot more uh, companies are starting to do this peel and stick option because um, I guess with millennials, you change your mind. You want something that's affordable and easy to install, and it's just a really. Uh, How does it work? It's like a it's sticker. It's like a giant sticker, and you can still even adjust it after you've put it down. Which is another wow. beauty of it, as far as alliance. <laughs> and then you just take it off. Yeah, take oh. it off when you're done you with can it. Take if it you... to a different location. No, you can't take it once you take it off. It's, it's done. done. It's, it's done. It's a um, temporary tattoo. Yeah, exactly. This is that's the... really um, interesting. But so... How much is that? Like, what's the price tag on that? Is it very expensive? Is it less? No, it's not very expensive at all. Like you could do. We did like a little um, kind of like. Instagram area wall with this stuff right. and um, because it's again a very distinct pattern that's popping up behind somebody but we did a black and white splatter pattern mm. um, so that it doesn't again like interfere with color or what's happening mm-hmm. with photographing the hair right um, and I would say it was about a couple hundred dollars oh that's amazing that's so awesome. yeah can you do that in the house yeah Ooh. I'm literally thinking about because my uh, apartment buildings like really crazy about big holes in the wall because yeah. I wanted to mount things. My whole building is 
pissing me off. <laughs> and you walk your dog. The minute you get a doorman <laughs> building, shit. I know. The fan. I'm like, you can't I do this, a, this, I have this, all these this. luxuries in New York, like living the life, but then they're like, you can't do anything. <laughs> you have to walk your dogs out the back door. You can't put art up. We don't want to see you. You need to leave <laughs> yeah. to the side. You don't. You live I'm here, like, but you don't exist. <laughs> but I have outdoor space in New York, so I'm gonna shut up. But you know, I I think that's such a great idea um, in spaces because. Especially, I know for me, I can't ever decide on art, even in my home. Sure. Because as an artist, it's like the clothes I wear are different every year. The hair, you know, the way I wear my hair is different. So I'm afraid to commit to a design that I cannot change because I would I would feel like I would want to change it. Yeah. That's a cool option. Yeah. And I think there's also, um, because I think a lot of people um, do have, it's not not an issue. I think it's just something that a lot of people um, have very similar feelings about is that you do change your mind and you want a space to kind of evolve as you're evolving. Yeah. Um, so I think it's built basically kind of like building up a really good base layer, working with uh, more like kind of neutral tones, like don't use any crazy, super crazy colors as far as like paint goes in a salon, but going with those more neutral complimentary hues um, that aren't going to interfere with um, with your clients um, and then you've got like kind of like that good base to build on whether you want to incorporate plants into the space artwork um, and also plants are a really great option for salons as well plants and salons yes. because you're going to also be purifying please, the air while you're working please and put plants in your salon yes. not fake ones not no I am never so... ever 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 put I a grew fake up plant with a mother who salon. put fake plants in every room <laughs> and I swear to like I have a I have a really I have PTSD from that there's a salon, and I'm not going to name names, but I saw them on Instagram. <laughs> it's a beautiful space. And as I looked closely, like all, I mean, their whole space was filled with plants. Mm-hmm. But they weren't real. No. No, I don't like that. No. Because then what does that say about you? Yeah. <laughs> you're fake. <laughs> yeah. You're fake. Your hair's fake. <laughs> oh None goodness. of this is real. It's an illusion. So, I mean, the bottom line is having your own interior decorator. And I'm actually, I'm yeah, going to. not, we're not, we don't, I just realized. <laughs> I'm so sorry for Sid's mistake. It's <laughs> okay. Kidding. You didn't know her last it's name. It's okay. <laughs> um, Tell us what the yes, difference is. Yes, because my best so, friend does this and I mess it up all the time. Yes. It's like if someone called me a beautician. No, no, no. Oh, it's okay. It. It's okay. I forgive you. I forgive you. Um, or a masseuse for a massage. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. So correct us all. So the difference between a decorate, an interior decorator and an interior designer is that to be, um, to have the title interior designer, you have to either have um, a college degree in it, um, which I got my BFA from um, uh, VCU. <laughs> Sorry, it's been it's been a long time since I've had to tell anyone that because nobody ever asked if I yeah. even have a degree. Um, but I uh, got my BFA in interior design from VCU, and um, you either basically earn that title from that or you uh, pass the NCIDQ exam, which you also have to have nice. the uh, education background and you also have to work for an architecture and interior design firm for a certain amount of years before you even qualify for the exam. So you've earned it. You've what's earned interi- that title. What's, and what does an interior decorator have to have? Nothing. Oh. <laughs> they could just say they are. They can be self-proclaimed. Oh, okay. And the other thing, too, is with... um. Uh, with an interior designer, you're going to be looking at spaces more from an architectural and structural standpoint. Um, so we coordinate with uh, contractors and architects and engineers just as far as like depends on the scale of the yeah. space and who you have to bring in to work on a project. But it gives us the ability to do that. I mean, they 
could, but Dangerous. it's not going to be at the same. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's a certain level of experience. It's like I think that you need is not. You know. Yes. Like, yeah. So, interior designer. <laughs> yes. Interior designer. Yes. Find yourself not. one. But we have one, and she's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. If we, if our listeners, which I know a lot of them are wondering this, if our listeners wanted to speak with you. How do they reach out? How do they? So the best way to do it is um, I uh, not Instagram. You can <laughs> view view some of my recent projects and uh, recent salons through and Instagram. And it's at Native Nest. It's at Native Nest. But and do then, not contact her. <laughs> do not DM me. If you want to say something nice, that's great. However, <laughs> however, um, if you are looking at to uh, um, even just like chat, um, get some feedback, set up a consultation, um, the best way to do that is via email. Um, and you can reach me at Samantha at nativeness.com. Awesome. Yeah. And, it and it's also the... linked on my website. Yeah. Perfect. It just takes one conversation. So if you email or tell her you've heard her on Destroy the Hairdresser, the podcast, uh, we just want to know if, if, any, if anyone was listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we know you're listening, but are you really we know you're listening? There. <laughs> but yeah, we really want to thank you for being here. We'll probably thank have you, you on again. I think yeah. we have all of our guests. We like cycle them like once a year. We're yeah. like, come back. And because yeah. I'm sure the trends next year. Also, we don't see anybody right. ever. And then I'm like, you know, I miss. We just want to hang out. Podcast? <laughs> if I guess my last question I wanted to ask this earlier was, do you right now? I feel like it's more like you said, like a minimal design. Yes. Um, trend. But do you see trends coming in that maybe we don't see yet? Uh, yeah, of course, because, I'm, <laughs> because like, I'm obsessing over this every single day and trying to always incorporate into these spaces and seeing what else is out there. Um, what so do you see coming or what do you think is going to come in? Multifunctional spaces. And I even saw that a couple years ago when I was working on um, a larger salon space, uh, was trying to create an environment that served as a salon space but they could also throw parties at yeah so that's because i think that's another thing too is like you guys do the um the education and then you've also got i mean they were celebrating you know their first year anniversary second year anniversary so it has to be kind of like this multifaceted space where you can i mean we played around with different uh colored leds um that were a permanent fixture in their styling stations that's cool but they could change it to white during the day and then they were RGB colors so they could change it to any color within that spectrum of light uh, and have it coordinate with that. music. Oh, okay. that's so cool. I would salon. say that's club salon. <laughs> I do, do want to say this though. Club hair. There's, there is such thing as too much multifunctional space. Yes, yes. There is a salon, there's salon out there that has like, they are like there's a bunch of salons out there like this. There's They're a like coffee a shop coffee, in there. Yeah, there's a coffee yeah, shop a, and a boutique That's something and a that I've seen where I just, <laughs> there's a disconnect for me there. Yeah. There, it has to be kind of like, there has to be an, like a flow to it. And yeah. And that's just, they're two different things. I'm like, yeah, it's too, it's too much. So. You know what that tells me is that you sat in fear that your <laughs> salon business wasn't going to be successful. So you were like, we got to sell lattes. <laughs> it was that salon, you know, it was that salon that was like, well, they want. They always buy coffee, so why don't they just buy it from me? Yeah. Right? Like or you that... could just give them coffee. Yeah, yeah exactly. You could just There's... provide coffee for your clients. Yeah. If you have to hire a barista and a hairdresser, you need we have to. Problems. Yeah, we yeah. Have... It's such a funny thing, but I see it happen all the time with salons. And that's like the difference, situations. I think, too, between seeing a trend and then seeing an evolution in it. You know yeah, what I okay. mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. No, there's this. 
when you walk into a salon and like they're selling like clothing <laughs> and like I don't yeah get it. it's like Cracker Barrel yes it's like yes. Well, it's like I just yes. want dinner I don't <laughs> I just want grit yeah I, I don't need all this crap and then you, and get, then you do yeah and then you I, I, I get crap. wrapped up yeah. in a puzzle game for twenty minutes <laughs> yeah I mean, it's just, it's gimmicky yeah yeah it's, yeah it is yeah gimmicky. good word thank all right you. well thank you for sharing all that with us <laughs> I'm sure people will be reaching out to you and if you have any more questions you can email Samantha at nativenest.com and we will talk to everyone. We don't know when, but we'll talk to you very, very soon. Very soon. Very soon. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Perfect. Rich was that good? Oh, wait. Rich. Yes. There you Were you entertained? I was entertained. Rich, did, did you, you get any design ideas? I did. Are you going to uh, buy wallpaper? I, no, I had the idea of half salon, half arcade. Oh. oh. You, would you go for that, or is that still too much? <laughs> That's definitely multi. It's definitely a multifunctional. That's I would right? see a barbershop might be able to get away with that. I think, like I'd yeah. love to get. I want a haircut while playing Miss Pac Man or something. At the, yes. Oh, at the that, same say, time. That's very same time. Yeah. It's yeah. very barbershop. Yeah. yeah. That's so. You're probably you're also going to get a. It just screams haircut. barbershop to me. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you're on to something. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, so we have Rich back. Last last time you heard, we had Emily. She was wonderful, but we did miss you, Rich, and we're glad that you're back. Yeah. Oh, we, we'll go where you go. All right, we'll talk I to everybody it. next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs>